first of all, we put security above everything. Disable password authentication. We're in 2023 now, we don't use passwords anymore. <laughs> Isolation and segregation are the, the key things for securing the data. Welcome to the Bare Metal Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Bare Metal Podcast. Uh, as is usual, these last episodes, I'd like to invite everyone to come to Gateway to beautiful Prague uh, in June from the 3rd to the 5th. It's going to be a great uh, Cosmos-focused and developer-focused conference. So I'm hoping to see you all there. Today, I've got Chris with me from Zero One Nodes. Hi, Chris. Hi, guys. Uh, nice to finally be here. Yeah, welcome, welcome. So can you introduce one node a bit and tell us about um, you know, how you guys got started? Sure. We, we started uh, in, the, in the 2019 by uh, validating test nets for Cosmos <laughs> and then uh, participated at the, the genesis of uh, all the big Cosmos chains like Cosmos, Osmosis, Juno. <laughs> we were there in the start. Um, but zero, uh, but zero one node is not only uh, validating Cosmos. It validates a lot of chains. I don't Solana, Ethereum, uh, Scale, Near. We have a lot of uh, cool projects that uh, we invested in. That sounds um, pretty interesting. So, so can you tell us a little bit more about your background? How did you come to join them? You know, what's what's your passion? Um, Oh, <laughs> I bring uh, around 25 years of uh, experience. Uh, I was um, a network engineer for, I am a network engineer for 25 years now. Uh, but um, from time to time, I, I specialize in other things. I'm, I was a sysadmin, I am a sysadmin for 18 years. I'm a security guy for 15. 12 to 15 years now. Um, I don't know. I'm an infrastructure guy for the last six years, combining all the things in an infrastructure, starting from network, of course, and going down to servers, storages, virtualization, anything that's in the infrastructure. And um, crypto was uh, the natural uh, step forward. <laughs> Okay, so it's it's. I looked over your guys' website, and I was, um, you know, surprised, or I was interested in the amount of detail you guys publish about uh, the hardware types you use. So you guys use a lot of uh, what I would call enterprise hardware, originating either from from Cisco or, or, or similar providers. Did you guys start like that from the beginning, or did you build it up gradually? You know, buying more and more expensive stuff, because you also have tons of redundancy, right? Or at least like one plus one redundancy. So, can you talk about how you guys got there and how you designed it? Yeah, sure. Um, the first, uh, when the company was started, uh, we didn't have our own uh, infrastructure. We had just two servers that were in the data room of the uh, of the office. But um, we had sentries in different cloud providers or different uh, rented different VPSs, and we. Not me, of course. Uh, when I say we, I refer to you on note. Uh, we've noticed that um, different cloud providers have different problems, and uh, you have to debug a lot more 
to to realize what's happening than having your own uh, infrastructure so uh, we started buying second hand laptop uh, second hand uh, servers at first and then as uh, the business grew we came to have uh, enterprise uh, level servers we start collocating them in data centers and uh, from then we just invested in infrastructure because we saw the benefit uh, the benefits of running independent and do you so, do you actually guy do you guys now co-locate or run in multiple dcs for for yes. as well okay, yes so they're they're in romania we, but they're geographically separated somehow yes we we are uh, uh, not exactly geographically they're in the same town but uh, they're uh, different data centers different providers um different fiber we, Different uh, yes, uh, each uh, each data center is um, connected uh, to tier one upstreams, different tier one upstreams. Uh, we have around forty gigabits of uh, internet accumulated. Uh, we have um, layer two interconnections between uh, the data centers. Um, uh, both data centers are tier three data centers. Um, since now we have grown and have uh, a lot of servers and uh, we need to expand, um, we are thinking of um, relocating one of the data centers to another town, being in a different seismic uh, activity zone. So we have uh, a truly uh, disaster recovery and business continuity plan. and. Um, we are planning on uh, opening a uh, new smaller data center in our office at uh, the standards uh, at the enterprise standards with uh, n plus two redundancy for everything power ac hvac everything and um how do you guys so if you have fully independent sort of backups what's your setup to avoid double signing like i've Recently, there was a there was a there were a few double siding incidents in various places, um, and I guess you know having redundancy that comes online or like not having the right failover logic is could be a culprit. So how did yeah. you guys design that? Uh, first of all, we put security above everything, and uh, we don't have the keys stored on the servers unless we need to. For protocols that don't support um, multi-part uh, signing or uh, remote signers, uh, we use we put the keys on one server, run from uh, the validator from there, keep uh, another server running and synced. And if something happens, we have uh, we ask for a remote hand. We put down the Ethernet port so the server won't get up. <laughs> uh, no so it's not able what. to sign anything and set it up, just yes. block off the network connectivity. Yes, okay. but for everything that is Cosmos-based, since we validate a lot of Cosmos networks, we, we, we use Harcrux, mm -hmm. and uh, that is uh, one of uh, the biggest uh, steps we took into security. And uh, the thing that uh, I, I know it's not uh, as you're supposed to, since you are running multiple servers, but it's way easier to control them. 
It's uh, right. So you guys are using two of two signers, or is it running Horcrux in in a three? We are using two two out of three. Two out of three. Okay. Yes, um, each signer with its own sentry, so we don't use uh, many to many. Um, and for for a uh, typical um, for a typical uh, network that we validate, we have uh, an infrastructure like this. We have three signers, three dedicated machines, uh, three sentries for signing, uh, three uh, two RPCs that we use internally and one public uh, node for providing RPCs, API and gRPCs to the public. Mm -hmm. Of course, depending on the on the network, because we don't have this uh, set up with public infrastructure for every network. We, we are planning to do that, but uh, it's uh, still uh, in the ground. So if you start validating a network, if you just you know, got online, you really, you roll out this whole deployment. This is like standardized, or do you start with one validator node and if the delegation grows, then you upgrade? How does it work? Um, for uh, all the new chains that we onboard now, we start with um, at least uh, three signers and uh, three relays. And as the, as the validation go, we start uh, building um, different services, for example, snapshot services and things like that. So we need RPCs, full nodes. So we make two of them for redundancy. Right? And as the validation grows, we, uh, we deploy uh, public infrastructure. So what kind of public infrastructure do you guys like specialize? You mentioned the RPCs and you also mentioned the state sync snapshots. Uh, is, is this, um, do you guys focus on these or are you guys sometimes also running archive nodes or, or something else? Uh, it depends. We usually don't run archive nodes unless we need them in a project because um, as you probably know with enterprise, uh, with the enterprise equipment, storage is very expensive. Yeah. Especially if it's virtualized, right? You guys have a network attached storage? Uh, yes. Yeah. No, uh, we, we don't have a network attached storage uh, due to the considerations of... Um, latency? Of latency, yes. And uh, throughput and things like this. Because uh, when you run things like Solana, you, just, you, you can't run on SSD. You need the fastest NVMe <laughs> possible. Right. Or when you have injective, when you have uh, one second network, times, yeah. yes, you you need very very fast storage. So right. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm guessing from those 40 gigabits you guys have, Solana is taking most of the network budget, and then there's the rest of everybody, right? Um, yeah, actually, we have up to 40 gigabits, but we don't. We don't often use up to 40 gigabits. Solana would so, be what, like 5 to 10? Let's say we have for Solana one, two, three, four, five servers, six servers now. We have uh, six, two validators, three, uh, four RPCs, oh, which okay. can be validators so, anytime. And um, each node for Solana takes uh, between uh, 300 and 800 megabits per second. Right. Depending so on... Right. So you guys are around like between three and five gigabits for the yeah. whole thing. Right. Yeah. That's a lot of traffic. Um, yeah. 
So if we dig more a little bit more into the into the security, like sort of what steps do you take in securing your infrastructure? What are the, the things that are top of mind? And if you contrast that with what do you think is missing, like from, from Cosmos validation <sighs> as a security practice? Yeah, uh, where should I start? <laughs> <laughs> let's start yeah. at the beginning. Let's take it one by one. Okay, let's take it one by one. Um, first of all, we started um, taking all our nodes into private networks. All our, our, all our validators are uh, inside private networks. We don't expose them to the, they, they can't be accessed from the internet or only if we allow certain, uh, certain ports like- I Whitelisted don't know. or whitelist yes. some IP support. Yes. Um, this is uh, one and uh, a step that got us 90% uh, more secure. <laughs> Since it's got, it can be accessed from the internet, it's a little safer. Then... Uh, but do you, guys have, do you guys have any way to access them? Like, do you use Bastion hosts for, SS, for SSH? Like a different yes, host we, that you can jump we, in? Uh, for we, remote? we don't use Bastion, we use VPNs. Okay, right, have, I understand, yeah. We have, um, since Bastions are very are also Linux machines that are exploitable and they're in, in the internet. We prefer to to have uh, VPNs, VPNs okay. that are whitelisted. They have uh, different grades of uh, encryption or security. Um, depending on which VPN you can, you can connect to different networks. We don't have just one huge network. We have a lot of VLANs. We have uh, the validators in one VLAN, the signers in a different VLAN that you can't access even with the normal VPN. We have to put another VPN and uh, things so like really that. isolation and segregation in the, in the yes. As, lots of segregation. Yes, as a, isolation and segregation are the the key things for securing uh, data. For example, as uh, as I told you, you we use Horcrux three with. Uh, uh, three parity key and uh, this means that every key is in one data center and if something happens and that VPN is broke and uh, is broken and people got into the data center and they dig and go to the other VPN and got to the signers and they got the keys they can't do anything with it since it's only one key that's, that's true. So that's network segmentation. This is sort of like one topic. Okay, avoid public access to the to the high value nodes, high value targets. Make sure you can only access them using VPN. You guys are also using different VPN. So that's like that's sort of one part. Um, the the other part is um, taking I don't know um, best practices for securing uh, line of service. I don't know uh, disable password authentication. We are in 2023 now, we don't use passwords anymore. <laughs> um, change the default ports, whitelist uh, IPs that uh, allow access to um, services only for whitelisted IPs. And if you need anything that uh, need to be accessed by anyone, just be sure you can monitor the traffic. Have an IDS or IPS uh, solution monitor that traffic and uh, 
give you alerts. So just, just uh, the abbreviations may not be clear to everybody. It's intrusion detection system and intrusion prevention system. Yeah, right? so I, sorry. I, yes. <laughs> Um, which is coupled to the firewall and can tell you if suspicious activity is, is happening. Do you guys log, uh, sort of log, dig through traffic logs to sort of like do analytics on the traffic logs or is it, that's, that's, that's not part of the protection? Well, we, we did, we're not doing that anymore. Um, we ran it for a while. There was no, our traffic, it's very, uh, blunt. So we. Thank God we we have um, we didn't have any attacks, but um, keeping all the logs and uh, making uh, and uh, maintaining a, a CM um, centralized uh, logging system that alerts you if something happens, uh, it's uh, very hard. And uh, currently we're not in that position so we can keep it we made it we've made a concept it works but the benefits of that uh, by running that are not as uh, as great as we thought so the logging and traffic uh, brings me to another point that i noticed on your website just remembered which is the ddos protection so you guys uh, say or, or advertise a hefty amount of of, of ddos capacity to capture attacks like have you guys ever been attacked or, or is this a part yes. of your risk management yes we we've been attacked uh we also had um, false positives for ddos attacks in solana <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> nft mint yeah and udp one gigabit traffic it's mostly considered uh, ddos right um but it's just but, another day in solana yeah but um uh, having that uh, DDoS filtering, uh, it's uh, is not our solution per se, but it's a solution that we pay for our upstreams, so they clear the clean the traffic for us. Right. We also have systems that are uh, out of uh, that are um, excluded from the anti-DDoS uh, filtering. But those are never production systems. So I don't right. know, we want to test things and things like this. So you have an actual, so there's a company you buy DDoS protection from and they're able to actively yes. go in and start, you know, changing rules on, on firewalls and just like blocking or on routers and blocking, just sinkholing some traffic yes. to make sure it doesn't reach the systems. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't think I've seen anybody buy uh, DDoS protection. So you guys are the first on the, uh, that I've heard. Uh, definitely the first on the podcast. I don't think anybody <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's interesting it's, that you guys were attacked. Like, do you have any idea about who was attacking and why, which network it was? Um, actually, it, it was uh, uh, a bit, uh, I don't know, a few months, uh, no, a year, a year ago. And it was an attack on a um, specific range. And we had part of the range, some IPs from that range in uh, in our uh, networks. So it was not a dedicated attack for us. Okay, it was a general attack on some sort of yeah. sub, uh, on, on some network, and you guys yeah. were in it on a few networks. Since uh, since then, that was an eye opener, and uh, we started. Uh, we thought, how can we uh, get better at this? Th this is our motto. We do things and then we see how we can get better. 
and um, since then we uh, have we bought their our own uh, as number our own ips we don't share them with anyone we are fully independent now <laughs> so so and you guys are managing the bgp routes and, and the yes. sort of the traffic okay yes. so you're, it's, it's under your control you advertise yes. So. yes that's interesting so that's also seems quite uh, elaborate like yeah it, it, it's a very good thing but also comes along with uh, a lot of problems responsibilities of, right yeah responsibilities and uh, since uh, the internet is uh, i don't know uh, a bunch of networks that are glued together with scotch type <laughs> um, you if a provider in i don't know Zurich has a problem i may not be able to access uh, aws on that connection so i have to reroute traffic and doing this means time means uh, a people a person to monitor this good good things we have alerts and uh, fallbacks <laughs> Right. So, so also for everybody, BGP, if you're looking for it, Border Gateway Protocol. So it's the way uh, different networks announce routes, what they're able to route, which IPs, uh, which IP traffic can go through. Um, which is which, which it does take a lot of. I guess that's where your network engineering background comes into play. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't be one. I wouldn't be you know wanting to manage BGP routes. Like that's far too dangerous in my hands. So uh, yeah, kudos for doing that. So if you flip this around. Um, let's think like, what do you see in, in, in Cosmos networks where you'd like to see improvement? Like what are the, what are the security risks you are noticing and what do you think is, is, you know, how should they be handled? Uh, let's say, let's start with the, the most obvious one from my point of view, uh, people that run public infrastructure on their validator. So uh, when you validate a network and then you put that, uh, server as a public RPC, it's bad for the network, first of all, not, uh, not, uh, not to mention how bad is for you, because any public infrastructure is um, at risk of uh, attacks. Attacks, meaning um, DDoS, meaning uh, specially crafted packets or any, any bug uh, that was uh, was mentioned, people trying to exploit it and things like this. By having access to a validator, which uh, also in most cases have the signing key and the wallet loaded into memory, it's not a very good security practice and may validators may risk losing their funds, having their validator slashed tombstoning or thing like this from from what i've learned in 25 years of uh, experience in the network uh, community there are a lot of people's out there uh, there are lots of people out there that uh, do harm just because they can and not having any anything to gain from it um I spoke with some of the validators that run uh, public infrastructure on the validator. I said, oh, I'm a small validator. Who wants to, who would want to take and do, take my like key attack and, me, right? yeah, attack me. I'm, yeah, people not, people attack for different reasons. Uh, dedicated, directed attack 
to especially that validator is, uh, I don't know, 15% of the cases. Uh, most of the cases are script kiddies, as I, I like to call them. There are people who find the script, run it, and see what uh, if they can do damage. And most of the time they do damage just because they can, and they can they then go public and say, hey, I did this. I'm the best hacker in the world. Right. I mean, so just to add to that, public RPCs, you know, open RPC ports on validator processors is never a good idea, even if you don't get attacked, because just some RPC queries, for example, can overload uh, or, or they can they can load your system because if you look into the Cosmos SDK, some of those queries require walking through, you know, uh, walking through a lot of database keys. So you can have like a thousand or two thousand accesses just because somebody asked about delegations, of all the delegations of, you know, some some wallet to uh, or, or all the delegators to some to some validators. So it's possible to overload this even if you don't mean any harm. You just randomly see an RPC, you know, like I, I want to use this to get my data. And you can heavily overload the, the hardware, right? So it's like, I totally agree. Uh, open RPC ports, a bad idea. So what else would you say? And of course that goes the same for gRPC, REST ports, etc. right? So I mean, that applies yeah. to everything. Really. But Speaking of that, uh, sorry to interrupt you. Um, there was a validator in June, I think, two years ago that had his validator on, uh, that uh, had his uh, RPC ports opened and gRPC and API, of course, and uh, put it publicly. And somebody took uh, the Explorer from um, PingPub and uh, put took the first uh, public RPC and put it there just to query the network. And that validator went down in, I don't know, two minutes. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Um, all the clients of PingPub opening the opening connections to the RPC. Yeah, that's, uh, of course, so, I mean, we built the observatory, we have the same problem, right? So observatory scans network and it discovers all the open RPC ports. And then, you know, we use, we, uh, tend to, we use those RPCs recursively to discover RPCs, right? So we just crawl the network this way. And we're taking care not to overload the RPCs to make, because we know that some of those may be uh, actual hardware. But of course, it's, it's not a difficult problem to, to network scan, uh, all the, uh, to crawl and then network scan all the P2P nodes. So the RPC and sort of open public infra, let's let's package this up. That's it's like one problem that you yeah. see. What else would you say is like in the order of priority? Like what else do you think is is is, ha is happening but shouldn't be? Um, networks not uh, putting security at uh, at a high. Uh, not putting security as uh, a must do. Uh, key point in getting delegations. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of foundations uh, take in considerations all all sorts of things, but not security. From my point of view, the security of one validators, uh, it's uh, you know that saying you're as uh, as weak as your weakest link. So. If you start uh, making uh, delegations to uh, validators that, that don't take security seriously, you are just making your network uh, less secure. So. Right. So you think foundations should adjust their delegation programs to take more security criteria into account? I yes. find, like I think that's so. We, coincidentally, we've been 
working with foundations to think about you know foundation delegation programs and understand like how they want to allocate their funds one one complexity that arises here is how to verify right so some of these things you can check of course if valid. well in cosmos it's not so easy to ascertain who the validator node is right so if you discover an rpc like it's it's not easy to determine that that rpc is also a validator it takes yes it is you just do an uh, RPC, a curl with slash status, and you see if it has voting power. Right. So, if <laughs> if you have uh, if you have um, like, don't want to go into too much details, but we've seen also validators put a, uh, a put a firewall in front or put the nginx server in front, and doctor change the reply. Ah, okay. So if if you are not careful, yeah, obviously you can. I guess you can look into the RPC and check that that it's uh, like a validator. You might not know uh, who the validator is. You don't have, you don't know how to connect the wallet and contact the the right guy. But I guess that's like you can probably use that. You, you can probably look into explorers and see if there's some sort of contact info and, and see if you can reach them. But if I find that, let's say you can discover this, there are a bunch of security practices which I think foundations would like to evaluate but they have no it's very difficult like do the guys use ledgers hardware hardware wallets uh, for their signings or not you know do they have tmkms like a remote signer or not it's very hard to actually check these things right so you have to rely on the validator actually reporting uh many times the values so it's it's, it's like difficult to think about from the foundation perspective you know how do you make sure you do this fairly you do this properly yeah i i know what you're saying i i I agree with you totally. Just that it's hard to, uh, it's just uh, because it's hard to verify if uh, validators are actually running this. It shouldn't be an, um, it shouldn't be a, a reason not to put them into the delegation as a master. Okay, let let them be there. Let the validator let the the validator say, okay, I do this. And then it's a trust issue. You, for example, we won't, us as you want, no, we will never say that we do uh, TKMS if we don't do that. Or it's. Uh, and in some ways, I mean, look, I, I, I sort of agree with, with what you're saying. Like it should be in the delegation rules anyway. And then, for example, if an event happens, where it's clear that it happened because somebody wasn't following the rules, then you can have, like, you can directly say, okay, then this is a violation and like the entire delegation is going away. You have grounds for that because you've previously established clear guidelines and now you have evidence they were not being followed, right? So, I mean, I'm not saying I totally agree with you. It should still be top of mind. Even if it's hard to verify, it should still be there uh, and make sure like the validators understand that this is something that's that, that's being asked. So this is like a second sort of package that we're talking about, right? So first one was no open, no no public infra on your validator node. The second one was no so sort of foundations should take this more seriously and add it to their delegation programs. Um, and what, are there other packages? Like I mean, you you mentioned, you know, SSH ports or, or SSHD servers running uh, on uh, infra uh, where they should yeah. be running. It's um, uh, if we if we put it uh, as a package, let's say um, best uh, security practice for Linux servers. You mm -hmm. if if you Google that, you will find I don't know fifteen rules that you should be aware. Custom SSH ports, no password, uh, no password uh, authentication, uh, key management, um, firewall for the SSH, even if it's on a different non-standard port whitelist only 
where you, uh, only some IPs. Use a Bastion, use a VPN. You, and these are just some of the things you, you should do. Um, actually, for uh, validators that are just starting, um, I, we, as you all know, are working for a um, setup script, an Ansible script that will uh, auto, that will um, make your um, node as secure as possible, just by running that. So we'll uh, we'll open. So it's some sort of like lockdown. You just yes. on a clean node, you, you you run the script yes. that will lock down, remove, change some things around. Yes, we'll change ports, we'll add firewalls, we'll help in, validate install. We'll also be providing a guide on how to use uh, remote signers and things like this. And I think my my best. Uh, my best guess is that we'll uh, we'll publish it somewhere at the end of the summer, where at, at least yeah, uh, it's, it's our way to to give back to the community. We we were there also because uh, when zero one started, we had the same problems. We didn't know what it means to run a, a validator with open ports, but we learn from other people's mistakes and we want to help the community be more prepared. Uh, also, I think that's going to be very helpful to the, uh, to the, to the community. So oh. like, but, but if we go back to the, to the reason for the lockdown, like we were mentioning, you were mentioning a lot of things, right? So secure. So the third box is securing Linux infrastructure. Are there any particular things that you've seen? That you have evidence for in Cosmos networks, where you're thinking, okay, this is one of the things that's that's most egregious out of this like Linux package. Uh, yeah, having uh, having SSH open with uh, password authentication on a validator that is uh, publicly uh, RPC node. This is what I've seen. <laughs> the combo. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, we've talked to that. Uh, validator uh, in private it was a terra validator <laughs> so um, we, but we talked to to him in private and I helped him to to get better to this but uh, we were just investigating why when our node peers to that uh, it gets up hashes there was another problem that led to us we are not uh, publicly scanning the the validators uh, across the network. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I mean, thanks for you know building a guide and 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 helping validators lock down their nodes. I think that's that's going to be quite helpful. We're looking, we're going to be looking forward to that. So thank you very much. I think that's a great place to uh, end the recording. I think this was interesting. I don't think much of the podcasts were focusing on security in this kind of depth, and uh, I think this was very helpful. So thanks for coming. Thank you for having me.